Welcome, everyone, to Football Never Sleeps, your favorite Notre Dame football YouTube show with an unpredictable schedule. I'm Tyler James, co-publisher of Inside Indie Sports on the Rivals Network, and I'm joined today by Charleston Bowles, our lead recruiting writer on Inside Indie Sports. Eric Hansen is on vacation, so he's not driving the show. I am doing that. Hopefully, I don't drive us into a ditch, um, but we figured this would be the perfect time to bring on Charleston to make his Football Never Sleeps debut recruiting certainly um, isn't sleeping this time of year um, with schools across the country hosting official visits throughout the month of June. Notre Dame hosted its first official visitors of the 2024 recruiting cycle this past weekend, and we'll give you all the updates you need to know about those guys here in a little bit. But first, a reminder that we want to hear from you, so please send questions throughout the show tonight. Um, we will get to them as, as we proceed through the topics we have in mind, but we will sprinkle them throughout, so we want to hear from you. Please submit questions. It's also nice when you say hello. We like to see the familiar names and new names that are stopping by to see who's who's in the chat and watching watching us live. Um, and before we get rolling on our topics, I wanted to alert you to an excellent deal that we are offering uh, for new subscribers on it on Inside Indie Sports via Rivals. If you sign up next uh, by next Monday, June twelfth, you can get a free trial that lasts until August 1st, which will be um, when Notre Dame's preseason camp will be underway. So you'll get everything from us through the summer and be led right into preseason camp as Notre Dame starts preparing for its season opener in Ireland against Navy. Um, you can find the link to sign up uh, in the video description below. Make sure you use the promo code NDVISITS. Um, the information is also on the scroll below us. Um, so you should be able to get to that. Um, when you click the link, it should put the promo code in for you. But if it's not there, make sure you put ND visits in there. and You'll be able to take um, advantage of that. And lastly, as always, make sure you subscribe to us here on YouTube as well, which is always free. Turn on your notifications so you don't miss any of our videos or any of our scheduled live shows. I know I have um, some highlights from the Irish Invasion I plan to post tomorrow. So keep an eye out for those. And then also make sure you like and uh, comment on, our, on any of the videos that you enjoy that helps us out as well. So, Charleston, I wanted to start by getting us, I guess, sort of setting the table with where things are at for Notre Dame in the 2024 class. The Irish have the number three ranked class in the country with 17 commitments. The last two came on the defensive line from four-star defensive end Logan Thomas and three-star defensive tackle Sean Siviano Jr., who replaced four-star defensive tackle Owen Wafel as the Irish wanted more of a nose guard body in the middle of that defensive line for this class. Um, so Notre Dame had a subtraction, but a quick addition thereafter, um, which brought us to this past weekend for Notre Dame with the Irish hosting six official visitors um, from Friday to Sunday. Two of those guys were already committed, offensive lineman Peter Jones and Anthony Knapp. A couple of offensive line targets, Gerby Lambert and Styles Prescott. Running back target, Kedron Young and safety target Paul Menke Jr. Uh, so, Charleston, of that group, who do you think was Notre Dame's most important visitor? Yes, of course. Uh, Tyler, just want to say thank you for having me uh, on tonight. Very excited uh, to talk ball after a busy weekend uh, up here at Notre Dame. Um, but I think uh, it's a really a two-man race between uh, who was the most important visitors this weekend. Um, I think you look at Lambert and then you look at Young. Uh, Young, very electric running back out, out of Texas, um, and then Lambert, um, how I like to think, uh, I like to uh, kind of build my team from the trenches. Uh, so I'd lean Lambert in this scenario just because he fills uh, a position of need at offensive tackle. Um, he's a four-star recruit, uh, number six offensive tackle, uh, according to rivals. Um, he's 6'7", 300, has excellent size to him. Um, and I think you can't, you can't go wrong with getting uh, an offensive tackle um, in this class uh, to add on to what you already have with Knapp and uh, Peter Jones. Um, and also, I think um, his recruitment has been quiet. So getting him on campus for the first time and uh, just right. being able uh, to show him campus and uh, kind of uh, build that relationship with him uh, is really what sets him apart as the top target. Yeah, I, 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 I would side with Lambert over Young, though I, I, I could make the argument for Young as well. I think Notre Dame is in a good spot with running backs and with Aeneas Williams always, already in the class that helps. But Notre Dame really needs a top-end offensive tackle in this class, in my opinion, and Gary B. Lambert is Notre Dame's best chance at landing one. So 
Um, he's athletic. He's got size. Um, he plays with a little bit of a mean streak. So I think those are all things that you would want in an offensive tackle. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, he's, he's been very quiet. Hasn't been making recruiting visits, finally getting out for official visits. It's maybe anyone's guess of where he actually ends up next because there's been conflicting information about whether he's visiting Boston college or Ohio state next. Um, but he made it to Notre Dame. We were there. We saw him with our own eyes um, as, as the, the official visitors arrived on Friday morning. Um, and all indications are that Notre Dame did a pretty good job with um, his visit. Um, so of those four targets, which, how many do you think end up in Notre Dame's class eventually? Yeah. So I think all four, um, I think they go six for six um, out of uh, last weekend's um, already have the two offensive linemen in the fold. Um, and I think they're in good spots with uh, the other four. Uh, I do think Lambert, as you said, Ohio State and Boston College, I wouldn't count, uh, count out Penn State either uh, just because I think James Franklin is a really good recruiter. Um, he's really good at kind of developing relationships, especially with those East Coast guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think they go uh, six for six, um, four for four with those targets that visited last week uh, with young Mickey Jr., uh, Prescott, and then Lambert. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I, I feel great about two of them, as as anyone may know who is looking closely at the Rivals Future Cast. I put in Rivals Future Cast for Notre Dame to land Styles Prescott and Keedron Young. Um, so I think those two guys end up in Notre Dame's class. Um, I think there's a good chance that they get all four. I would say there's probably a great chance they get at least three of them. Um, if I had to sort of handicap it, obviously I would put Young and Prescott at the top. And then after that, I would maybe put Mankey slightly more likely than Lambert, but not by a lot. Um, so I think those two, um, it's not exactly clear if uh, Notre Dame is going to end up with those guys, but I think there's a very good chance that they could. I just think they have to sort of um, navigate some waters here in terms of where those guys are visiting next and um, how things go from here. I think, Mankey's planning to be at Duke this coming weekend. Um, and like we mentioned, we're not really exactly sure where Lambert's going to end up visiting, um, but uh, he should be somewhere. So um, those are – that's what I'm thinking. I think everything I've heard was that Notre Dame felt like it did a good good job with those guys, um, and everything we've seen um, seems to follow along with that. So it seems like a good first official visit weekend in the books for Notre Dame and things keep on rolling here because uh, Notre Dame is currently hosting four-star athlete Bronte Johnson for an official visit that runs um, from Sunday until Tuesday. Bronte is from Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's been a long time. Notre Dame recruit has visited many times. There's a bit of a cold spell in there um, in terms of visits and now he finally got back on campus. Notre Dame really wants him um, and we'll see if Bronte is buying what Notre Dame is selling um, because Notre Dame has a really big need for him. How, how important do you think it would be um, for Notre Dame to get Johnson in this class? Yes, I think he's a crucial piece to this class, um, especially being an in-state talent uh, like Prescott. Um, Johnson's up in Fort Wayne. Um, and I think when he uh, spoke with our guy Clint Cosgrove a couple months ago when he released his final schools list, he said Notre Dame's his dream school. Um, and uh, I think – it, there's been a reason why he's kept in contact with Notre Dame. Um, I know um, he had a very good spring semester um, with getting on par with uh, Notre Dame and kind of uh, letting that interest be mutual. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that shows how committed he is uh, to being a part of the Irish. And I think um, he's really big on coach uh, head coach Marcus Freeman. Um, I know he told Clint that as well. Um, playing for a black head coach would be something uh, very big for him. And I think uh, coach Freeman is going to, uh, probably knock it out of the park with uh, his visit this week. I think uh, his ability to just relate to Johnson and um, let him know that, you know, he'll succeed at Notre Dame and uh, he'll be in a good culture that uh, allows him to get better, um, not just on the field, but as a student athlete uh, will be a real selling point. Yeah, I think, I think it would be a huge addition. Um, it's been a bit of a strange year in, in Indiana for Notre Dame because there is a decent amount of talent with some high end guys that, you would like to see end up at Notre Dame, but they haven't, haven't all been fits for Notre Dame for some reasons out of their control. Notre Dame maybe was at fault in some of the recruitments themselves, um, but to get Johnson from the state of Indiana at a position of need with, with him being so talented um, would be 
really enormous. Now it's not like a huge or hard recruiting victory, but it's one that you have to win. Like this would be a tough pill to swallow. I think if Bronte Johnson ended up somewhere else um, because of the potential that he has um, as a safety and his familiarity. And, and like you said, he called Notre Dame a dream school. You don't want to miss out on many guys that describe Notre Dame that way, if they're talented enough to play at Notre Dame. So um, I think that um, this is a big visit um, and who knows if it goes well, maybe we don't have to wait too long to find out what he thinks about potentially committing to Notre Dame or not. So um, the safety position as a whole is, um, I think, becoming a little bit clearer, but I, there's still lots of names that we're looking at. What Who who are you focusing on right now, Charleston, in terms of names at the safety position that, that still matter for Notre Dame? Yeah, and just one more note on Johnson real quick. Uh, Two-sport sure. athlete. Two-sport athlete. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I believe when you turn on the basketball film, I believe he's a Division One caliber basketball player too, um, in my opinion. So I think that kind of speaks to – uh, his, you know, natural gifts and uh, talent uh, as an athlete. But uh, moving on to the safety position, I think uh, we first have to start with uh, Davis Andrews, uh, safety out of Utah, um, who uh, is probably in South Bend right now, if not um, probably close to arriving. Uh, he's set to officially visit uh, with Notre Dame uh, June 6th to 8th, uh, so Tuesday through Thursday of this week. Um, he visited for the Blue Gold Game weekend back in April and uh, spent a lot of time with Coach O'Leary, spent a lot of time with uh, – Baltimore Ravens safety, Kyle Hamilton, uh, who was in town. And I think they really hit it off. And I think Andrews, uh, he's took an official visit to UCLA. Uh, but I think uh, both sides here are interested. Um, and I think Andrews would be uh, probably the top priority, in my opinion, uh, at the safety position right now. And then moving on, um, I think we have to mention Oliver Miles III. Um, he's out of Texas. Uh, kind of a quiet recruitment, but picked up steam when he visited Notre Dame for the Blue Gold game weekend as well. Um, he personally told me after that weekend that the trip was worth it and that uh, his eyes were very opened uh, on that visit. And so I think uh, his date, uh, official visit, is for June 9th to 11th this upcoming weekend. So um, I think he's going to be someone to watch just in terms of um, how much they're interested in him and how much he's interested in them. Uh, I know he visited Stanford last weekend and, uh, according to his social media, he really enjoyed it. Um, I know uh, academics are a really big thing for him, uh, talking mm -hmm. to him. He's another dual sport athlete, um, had a really strong uh, spring in track. Um, so I think uh, he's probably the second on my list. And then um, the last guys probably, I would call them the backup plans right now. Um, Malcolm Ziegler and Jalen McClain, uh, two three-star prospects according to Rivals. Um, they're set to visit June 16th to 18th. Um, they're their safeties uh, left on the board in addition to Mickey Jr., Andrews, and Miles, uh, like we talked about. Um, and I think Ziegler, he's had a really late rise. Uh, he got a Notre Dame offer in the spring, uh, followed with a Clemson offer, um, and he just released the top schools list. Um, so he's someone to watch, but I think those two um, are kind of uh, behind Andrews and Miles, uh, the third in the pecking order right now. Yeah, I don't. I think it's more intentional than not the order of some of these official visits, like – Notre Dame brought in Kedron Young because if, if it got its way, it'd like for him to be the next running back commitment in the class. And if he decides to do that, then they don't have to host any other running backs. And um, that could be sort of the same for these safeties. If, if Bronte Johnson, Davis Andrews and Paul Mankey and Oliver miles all want in, then they take those guys and then they don't need to host Malcolm Ziegler and Jalen McClain. I don't know that it's necessarily going to play out that way, but I think Notre Dame at least put itself in position for, for it to have a best a good sense of where it stands with those guys and sort of the higher priority guys coming in earlier. Now that's not necessarily the case for everyone. Like Kingston Billy Amuasa isn't coming until later. And I think he has a linebacker spot no matter what. They're not gonna fit they're not gonna take a take a spot away from him. Um, but I think that that's a little bit different. And I think we'll see how things play out at the safety position. I think Davis Andrews is a little bit of a special case because he is likely to take a Mormon mission. Um, and so that essentially puts, puts him on a different timeline. It's like he would be in this class, but he wouldn't necessarily be competing with the team um, early on in his career, and so he, he essentially becomes like a 2026 recruit rather than a 2024 recruit uh, with a two-year mission. So Notre Dame is aware of that. I think that sort of leaves him a spot open, um, regardless of how the other guys play out. 
Um, but I think Notre Dame wants to get a sense for what that looks like here in the next couple weeks because I think I mean, there's a pretty good chance that Notre Dame ends July with a pretty good understanding of what where where it's at at most of these positions, and there's not a lot of targets left if things go Notre Dame's way. Um, but we'll have to see how things play out because their name's going to be getting to 20 commitments here probably before the end of the month. I'd be surprised if they don't have more than 20 commitments by the end of the month. Um, so uh, we're, we're just starting the month, and, and there's plenty of developments that, that will follow, and it's particularly at that safety position where there's a lot of unanswered questions so far. Yeah, and then just something to add on to that. Uh, when I spoke with Mickey Jr. before, before his official visit, um, he told me that he was planning uh, kind of a commitment around July 4th. Um, and that just kind of goes to show uh, that first serve, first come basis might switch up his official visit calendar just a little bit um, after sure. taking his official after taking his official uh, to the Irish last weekend. Yep. And um, before we get to our next topic, we'll talk a little bit about the, the two camps that Notre Dame had on campus this past weekend. That was the Lyman's Challenge and Irish Invasion. Let's take this question from Frank Sarah, and that's a good reminder. If you have questions, please submit them. We will be happy to take them. They don't have to be recruiting questions. It could be a football question like Frank asked us here. Frank asks, aside from Sam Hartman, do you feel Notre Dame upgraded the players through the portal or declined in talent with those who transferred? Yeah, Tyler, if you want to take this first knock, can follow up. Yeah, I, I would say – if you're, if you're excluding Hartman, which I think is a little bit unfair for the exercise, it's like, well, get rid of your best guy. It's like, well, does that mean I get to cancel out the best guy you lost to? Um, because I think you, it, it, it's, sort of, it's sort of hard to sort of just get rid of the best guy and expect for them to be more talent without the, the guy that was the, the prize, prize jewel of this portal recruiting class. I do think Notre Dame probably lost more talent than it added. Um, because when you're talking about Prince Kali, Logan Diggs, Lorenzo Styles, those are talented players, and I think they all had an opportunity to make an impact um, for Notre Dame this coming season. Now, they all weren't necessarily going to be starters. In fact, most of them probably weren't actually going to be starters, although Logan Diggs was certainly going to play a lot um, and make an impact because that's what he's done his first two seasons at Notre Dame. Um, but losing those guys, obviously Tyler Buckner, is someone that you would probably prefer to have rather than not have as a better backup option um, than what's currently on the roster, and you weren't able to replace that with another quarterback coming in. Um, so I think that that the last stretch of guys that sort of got out and into the transfer portal late in April, um, I think sort of s swung the balance to losing more talent than you're gaining. Now maybe – it turns out differently, and Thomas Harper is a great nickelback, and Javante John-Baptiste is a revelation as a defensive end. Um, Antonio Carter is a potential starting safety for Notre Dame. Devin Ford is a talented player. His career hasn't necessarily gone on the trajectory that he probably hoped it would or many thought it would. Um, so Notre Dame br brought in a good amount of guys and some guys at positions of need, but I don't know that it sort of outweighs the potential talent that it – it lost through the transfer portal at a number of those positions. Um, so I would, I would say Notre Dame probably lost more talent than it gained. Yeah. And then I, I think uh, focusing on the running back position, I think um, the digs for trade-off is probably a decline. Um, and then the rest, I'd probably go kind of cancel each other out. Um, but I think Diggs was um, slated to have, you know, be a contributor this year. And um, as you touched on Ford, uh, big, big time recruit coming out of high school class of 2019, hasn't really performed to that level, kind of got caught up in uh, the shuffle of Penn State's running back room. Um, mm -hmm. And I think he's a good depth piece for Notre Dame, but I don't think he brings the high upside uh, like Diggs would. Yeah, and we're probably done with transfer portal talk now that we're getting into June. There's going to be guys getting on campus here. Guys have already gotten on campus for, for Notre Dame and started workouts. There was a tweet from the Indy football account showing a, a Matt Bayless workout this morning. Um, so things are – are moving towards the, the off-season workouts in June. Um, classes start next week, next Monday, June 12th, um, for the summer session. Um, so barring a late change, I think Notre Dame's probably done adding in the transfer portal um, and has sort of exhausted all of its options at, um, at the potential positions of need. Now, the portal is unpredictable, to say the least. So we'll, we'll see if that anything – Anyone tries to beat the buzzer, I guess. Um, but I think uh, I think we've probably seen everything we'll see um, for this 
cycle of the of the transfer portal. All right. Uh, like I said, if you have more questions, please feel free to ask them. We have an empty queue, so um, the opportunity to get your question in is 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 a uh, vast right now. So, uh, Charleston, let's move on to the the Lyman's Challenge and the Irish Invasion um, from this past weekend. We weren't allowed to attend the Lyman's Challenge on Saturday, but there were some new offers extended following the camp. What can you tell me about newly offered 25, 2025 offensive tackle Maddie Augustine? Yeah, Matty Augustine was really, really good guy to interview, really cool guy to talk to. Uh, I spoke with him that night after camp, uh, after he got the news from offensive line coach Joe Rudolph uh, that he had received an offer. Um, he visited Notre Dame uh, in April, uh, walked away without an offer. Rudolph told him, you know, come back in June, compete, um, and we'll evaluate you then. Um, and he left uh, the Lyman's Challenge with an offer. Uh, he has a really cool background, actually a basketball player growing up, uh, still is a basketball player, uh, team captain uh, up there in Connecticut. I started playing football in 2020, um, and that season was actually canceled for COVID-19. Uh, so really just got, you know, practice. Uh, in practice, they weren't even allowed to hit bags. Uh, so it's been a really, really weird uh, trajectory for him in terms of high school. Um, but I spoke with his high school head coach, uh, Wayne McGill-Cuddy. Uh, those two have a really special relationship. Uh, I would categorize it as. Um, and McGill-Cuddy sat um, Augustine uh, down in his office as a freshman and said, hey, you come play for me. Um, I'll get you to, you know, the level you want to be at. Um, and I think uh, being at Notre Dame Saturday, you really uh, liked how um, instructive Rudolph was, how uh, purposeful his coaching was. He said a lot of feedback. Um, and then he also got to see up and close look at Joe Alt. Um, and even though he didn't speak to Joe Alt, uh, he said Joe Alt's kind of body transformation and uh, the way he's developed uh, over his time at Notre Dame is something he would like to do. Uh, Maddie takes his nutrition and uh, workout regimen very seriously. Um, I think he started when he started playing football, he was 220 pounds. Now he's 285. Um, so big time transformation there. And uh, he said he wants to keep going. And he said, Joe Walt, um, Joe Walt's kind of progression kind of tells him that Notre Dame's serious about developing offensive linemen. Um, and I know he's teammates with uh, 2025 safety Ethan Long, uh, who got offered last week as well. Uh, they both uh, plan to uh, come back to Notre Dame in the fall, but I think Maddie told me that Notre Dame is, you know, one of the dream schools. Um, and he said the offensive line history uh, here in South Bend is something that's really attractive to him. And I think uh, he's a serious, you know, name to monitor moving forward, even though uh, the competition level in Connecticut might not be the best. Uh, I think Notre Dame sees, you know, his size at six, seven, uh, sees something they can work with. Yeah. If Notre Dame can get up in that Northeast region and find player that players that it likes, it has a decent chance of pulling from that area. There's, some Notre Dame affinities in that area and, and uh, alignment with some of the um, higher academic schools in the area that have some decent football programs. Um, so I know Notre Dame spent a, a good amount of time evaluating prospects in the spring in the Northeast. Um, I think there, it seems like it, the Northeast isn't really a secret anymore. I don't know that it ever really was, but there, there's plenty of competition up there. Michigan likes to get up there. Ohio State sniffing around up there, Penn State, is always going to recruit well up there. So there's going to be good competition for those guys, but there should be some chances to find some alignment with some guys, um, whether it's on the offensive line. Um, obviously, Preston Zinter, someone from Massachusetts that came to Notre Dame, uh, Bubakar Traore, who goes to the same high school to, or went to the same high school that Kirby Lambert goes to in Massachusetts. Um, so that Northeast area is somewhere that Notre Dame likes to look at. Um, and so – wasn't really surprising that Notre Dame offered someone like Matty Augustine, who I think is probably a bit more of a project um, than a, a ready, ready to go player. But um, Notre Dame isn't often looking for guys that are ready to go right away on the offensive line, because that's a, not usually a position that where it's demanded of guys to be ready to play right away. Yeah. And then Tyler, I guess I uh, kind of want to flip it over to you and ask about uh, the other offensive lineman to come out of uh, the lineman's challenge with an offer. Will Black 2025 kid. Yeah, Will Black will also be playing in Connecticut this coming season, but he's not from Connecticut. He's actually from Canada. Um, and so it's sort of interesting that both these guys aren't aren't necessarily longtime football players, but they're big kids um, that have uh, a lot of raw potential there. Will Black was a hockey player, as you can imagine, in, in Canada. Um, and then two years ago decided to, to play football as he was sort of losing some of his passion for hockey. Um, and when you're six foot seven, um, it's, it's, uh, 
probably a little bit easier to move around a football field than it is on skates. Um, so he uh, found some success playing in Canada that allowed him to look into playing in, in the United States. And he decided like that, if he wanted to be serious about playing college football, that was the best path for him. He chose uh, Chote Rosemary Hall in Wallingford, Connecticut. Um, and pretty much since he announced that he was going to be playing there um, and has worked closely with the head coach of that program, um, doors have started to open for him. Schools have started to offer him. Um, he ha- had a handful of offers come his way. And then um, when the school held a showcase in May, he was allowed to go down there to participate um, and impressed enough schools to keep on getting more offers. Um, Stanford joined the mix. Michigan wants, wants him. Um, and uh, a lot of respectable offensive line minds are, are interested in Will Black. So um, Notre Dame joined joined the early race for him with an offer. He seemed to be really pumped about it. Um, called Notre Dame one of his dream schools. Um, so I think that's another interesting offer there um, for Notre Dame. And we'll see what happens with those guys in the long term. Obviously, you probably want to get them back on campus for a game. Like you mentioned, Matty Augustine's already been on campus for a game. Uh, Will Black is, is familiar with Notre Dame as well. So Notre Dame's not exactly starting from from, from, from zero with these guys. Um, but I think it's important for Joe Rudolph to continue to develop a relationship, figure out where these guys sort of sit on the target list for Notre Dame as they sort of cull who they've offered, who they may be still considering offering. Um, and it certainly is always helpful when these guys get on campus and compete um, to prove what they can do and, and get a chance to work with Joe Rudolph and they can get a sense for his coaching and then he can get a sense for how they react to his coaching. And so that's definitely a valuable tool um, for Notre Dame to gauge what sort of mutual interest there could be moving forward. Yeah. And then just to add something to uh, the competition you touched on in Connecticut, uh, Maddie played alongside Ohio, Ohio state 2023 uh, offensive line signee um, last season uh, for her school. So uh, the offensive line kind of competition uh, up there is real. And like you said, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, now Notre Dame, uh, they see something up there uh, with the offensive linemen that are kind of coming out of that region. Yeah. And uh, as I mentioned before, we attended the Irish Invasion Camp on Sunday, which is always a big event. It included, I think, close to 80 invite only participants this year. Most of the campers are in the 2025 and 2026 classes. Um, the one notable most notable exception to that was 2024 safety target Anthony Robinson III, who Notre Dame offered in May, had been look, kicking the tires on. He had always planned to get up here to camp um, to sort of prove his ability to Notre Dame. What did you think about Robinson after seeing him in person and his potential as a Notre Dame recruit? Yeah, so we waited on Robinson uh, when we were talking about safety targets. We waited till now because he camped here yesterday, uh, like you said. Um, I think you and I can both agree we thought, you know, he would be a little bit bigger um, for his size. Um, I think he competed well, um, like you said, another late offer in the process. Um, but I don't think necessarily at this time um, he's in Notre Dame's plans, uh, especially at the safety position. I think um, leaving camp without kind of a set official visit date kind of speaks to that. Um, and I think you might agree on that. I just don't think um, Notre Dame is probably going to prioritize him at this point. Um, I mean, he was a late offer in the process. Um, to begin with, and I just don't think uh, the two sides match. And I think probably um, Robinson will probably start looking elsewhere um, starting this week and moving forward. Yeah, and I think Ole Miss has been pushing for him pretty good, and so I think he certainly has other options. Um, it's a guy that's been unrated by rivals to to, to date, so um, the rivals analysts are actually gathering this week to prepare um, for to release some new rankings uh, next week. Um, so we'll see what ends up where Anthony Robinson ends up in that. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, he was shorter. He looked shorter than six one to me. I didn't follow up with anyone to get an exact measurement of what he measured in at. Um, I think he maybe is better suited as a linebacker than a safety. Um, he's pretty physical. Um, I, I liked him in general as a recruit, but Notre Dame has so many different options. It's it likes at safety or I think are probably more natural safeties in my opinion. Um, than Robinson, um, and then so maybe then you, then you ask, well, why, why doesn't Notre Dame consider him as a linebacker? I don't, I don't know that Notre Dame's looking to uh, 
uh, add names to its target list at the linebacker position right now. Uh, so I think Notre Dame, I mean, essentially a linebacker, it's like, okay, Kingston, what do you, what do you want to do? Uh, he's the, he's the top dog at the linebacker position. Um, and I don't know that Notre Dame's going to let anyone commit uh, to the linebacker group until the Notre Dame knows what Kingston Villamuasa wants to do. Um, and so, so maybe they double back somewhere down the line if, if things fall through with Kingston and um, Notre Dame doesn't like where it's at with some of its other linebacker targets, but um, I appreciate a kid coming up and, and competing, and um, especially when he's already has an offer um, in that 2024 class. That's that's not as com- that's not very common anymore. The, the way the recruiting cycles work, you usually have to be a guy going into your junior season rather than coming out of your junior season uh, to be able to coax them into participating. But Notre Dame even got a couple of its commits to to participate yesterday in wide receiver. Micah Gilbert and wide receiver Cam Williams because they um, were on campus uh, hanging out with some of the other guys to help with the official visitors this weekend. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think Robinson, as you touched on, he gave 110% um, something, you know, we have to respect in this day and age. And um, I think, you know, he just he put on a a performance that, you know, shows that he's a competitor and that, uh, as you said, later down the line, uh, he's he's more of a downhill player to me. uh, So I can Mm -hmm. see that linebacker fit. Um, so later down the line, if things uh, fall kind of how Notre Dame doesn't want them to fall, I think Robinson would be a solid uh, backup option. Sure. And then uh, coming out of the camp, Notre Dame offered three 2025 recruits, wide receiver Derek Meadows out of Las Vegas, running back Daniel Anderson out of Arkansas, and defensive back Ivan Taylor out of Florida. Um, Charleston, you caught up with Derek Meadows, who I think was probably the star of the camp. Um, in the eyes of many, <laughs> hard not to be with his size um, and the way he was running yesterday. But what can you tell us about Derek Meadows? Yeah, I know walking into camp, you kind of told me to keep an eye out on him. And I mean, it was hard. It was hard. As, as soon as drill started, it was hard not to see him kind of out, out there dominating. Uh, so Meadows, he comes from Bishop Gorman uh, Powerhouse School out in uh, Las Vegas. Um, and when you see him on the field, he looks different. He's 6'6". Six, six. Uh, he's listed at 6'6", six, six, about 180. Um, and even with, you know, commits Micah Gilbert, Cam Williams out there, uh, Meadows, he held his own definitely. Um, he's fast. He has a long catch radius, um, something I really appreciate. He takes pride in his route running. Uh, he personally told me that, you know, a lot of people see his eyes and kind of knock uh, his route running, but uh, he's working on that. I mean, I think he showed that at camp yesterday. Uh, kind of a limited sample size as a sophomore, six receptions, 97 yards. Uh, but I'm expecting him to take – Pretty big role for uh, Gorman this uh, as a junior. Uh, he has a really uh, deep connection with the wide receivers coach out there uh, who has trained NFL wide receivers in the past. Um, and he loved his time with Coach uh, Chauncey Stuckey. Uh, Stuckey kind of um, told him that, told him his plan for the Notre Dame wide receiver room, told him, you know, he wants bigger guys in the receiving room to complement the speed that he's adding. Um, I think he has eight offers so far, Meadows, uh, led by BYU. Utah and Washington. Uh, I expect, you know, Pac-12 schools to get involved. I expect Big 12 schools to get involved. But I think Notre Dame uh, getting him on campus to compete uh, going into his junior season, uh, giving that offer. Um, he's another guy that I think told me that Notre Dame's one of the dream schools. Uh, so I think that goes a long way uh, in his recruitment that I think is just going to see an increase. Um, and I think he really, he really likes what Notre Dame's doing. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he makes it back for a game this upcoming season. Yeah, the one thing that I wouldn't call it a red flag, but I think it's probably why he doesn't have as many offers as you would expect when you start rattling off like some of his track times, his speed, and his size, is that he didn't have a lot of production on the field as a sophomore. He was in an offense that had some star wide receivers at Bishop Gorman, so he wasn't necessarily a main target. Um, so I think he still has some things to prove in terms of production at the high school level, um, which will probably um, – elevate his recruitment even more if he goes out and makes plays at the level that he was making plays um, at the Irish invasion camp, because uh, Bishop Gorman gets plenty of attention. Um, Schools from across the country want to get in there and recruit there. Notre Dame hasn't been able to get, have much success there as of late, although certainly had some success in the past. We talk about guys like Ronnie Stanley, Nico Fertitta, um, Alize Mack. So those, that was a school that Notre Dame was, having some success with, but hasn't been able to sort of tap back into that as of late. And we'll see um, if maybe Derek Meadows can, can help change that because it seems like he is uh, 
sounds like he is a, a, a definite fit in terms of not, not just athleticism, but personality um, for Notre Dame as well. So we'll see if um, things sort of come through. I think it's probably too early to, to make any predictions of what happens in his recruitment, um, but certainly a good start with how um, he sort of meshed with Chancey Stuckey um, and what, what Notre Dame has to offer. Yeah, then one last night, one last note on uh, Meadows. Not a lot of guys compared themselves to uh, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. Uh, he compared himself to Randy Moss, uh, which uh, I really thought was pretty interesting. But um, he said he kind of sees Randy Moss in his game, and uh, he take, he prides himself on kind of replicating that uh, when he goes out there and competes. So I think that's a, a really interesting note about Meadows moving forward. But uh, Tyler, now I want to swing it back to you uh, and talk about the other two offers coming out of uh, Irish Invasion, uh, running back Daniel Anderson, and then uh, cornerback Ivan Taylor, uh, the son of uh, former NFL player Ike Taylor. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Randy Moss thing, it, when I was reading your story, I, you started you started with Randy Moss, and I was like, oh no, did Chancey Stuckey compare a, a sophomore <laughs> high schooler to Randy Moss? Because just a few months ago, he compared Tobias Merriweather to Randy Moss. I was like, okay, Chancey, you can't be comparing everyone to Randy Moss. Um, but that wasn't, it wasn't exactly. what Chancey said. That was what Derek Meadows said. I just hadn't gotten that far down the story yet. I was like, okay, good. I, I feel better about that. I mean, there's still a lot of pressure to put on yourself to compare, your, someone like, compare yourself to someone like Randy Moss. But um, maybe he can maybe he can live up to that. That would be pretty hard because Randy Moss is arguably the best wide receiver of all time. Um, but we will see. Um, as for the two guys, two other guys that got offers that I spoke to, um, running back Daniel Anderson is it's kind of funny. I didn't even really spend much time watching the running backs because there weren't necessarily big names there, and running backs at camps can be kind of boring. They're just doing some drills and. The, the one-on-ones aren't as exciting as the wide receiver and defensive back one-on-ones. Um, so you can you can only put your attention in so many places at once. Um, but in watching his film, I see a running back that has good vision and a good change of direction on film. Um, but the interesting, the most interesting thing was that he came to Notre Dame with only one offer, and that was from Long Island. Uh, so, yes, Long Island <laughs> University has a football team. Um, and it, it had identified Daniel Anderson earlier in the process as a potential scholarship player for them. Um, and now Notre Dame is his second offer. I, I, I feel pretty confident that he's probably the only person in the history of college football to have Long Island as his first offer and Notre Dame as his second offer. Um, but uh, we'll see like how, how his recruitment is impacted by that. I can't imagine that he will be sitting on two offers for very long. He's 5'10", 193 pounds. Uh, last season had 74 carries for 80, 856 yards and 11 touchdowns at Bryant High, which is a powerhouse program in Arkansas. I believe they've won state championships five years in a row. Um, I think that's the right number. Um, so coming from a good program, that's actually the same program that uh, TJ Lindsay, a defensive tackle that Notre Dame was recruiting, but um, is not in the running for anymore, uh, but a very talented defensive tackle recruit. Um, is also from that same high school. So, um, although I think Lindsay is actually transferring to IMG for next season, uh, so, so there's certainly talent at that school in Arkansas. And the fact that he's able to make an impact there as a sophomore speaks highly of him. Um, and uh, he was a bright kid. Uh, I could I could see him being a fit at Notre Dame. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed the conversation I had with him. Um, the other one, Ivan Taylor, was someone that I expected to to impress. Uh, he had a he had a good offer list coming into the camp, Alabama, Florida, Florida State, Michigan, USC. Um, so some big-time programs that had already offered him as a sophomore um, at West Orange High School outside of the Orlando area. That's actually the same high school that produced a former Notre Dame running back Dexter Williams. Um, so some familiarity there um, with the high school from Notre Dame's perspective. Um, Taylor's rated by rivals as a four-star recruit um, and ranked as the number 15 quarter cornerback and number – 227 overall in the 2025 class at 65 tackles last season, five tackles for loss, three interceptions, eight pass breakups. So a very active player. Um, and what I found, what I found maybe most interesting about it was that Notre Dame sees him as a potential safety. Um, and he was playing cornerback for the, for the entirety of camp, at least from what I was seeing um, manned, manned up on guys on the, on the outside with against wide receivers, including Notre Dame's wide receiver commits. Um, and, and trying to give them problems, and he did at times. Um, but Notre Dame 
thinks he could be a safety for them. And Chris O'Leary spent a lot of time coaching him and um, Ivan Taylor sort of really connected with him and appreciated the sort of advice that Chris O'Leary was giving him. Um, and even though most schools are recruiting him as a cornerback, he wasn't like offended that Notre Dame looked him, liked him as a potential safety. He likes the idea of it. He's open to playing wherever he's needed in the secondary and Notre Dame does some things with safeties sort of walking up as a nickelback sometimes that maybe he could play a little bit of both of those roles. So um, I think that he's an intriguing prospect. We'll see where it leads. He wants to get back up to Notre Dame in the future, potentially for a game. Um, and that could be um, a really talented kid. When you talk about a defensive back with those kind of offers, you, you, you know, you got a, a pretty special talent and obviously he has the bloodlines being the son of Ike Taylor, who played at the highest level in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So um Really impressed. He was he was probably the defensive player that impressed me the most at, at, at the Irish Invasion because he was all over the place. There were some other guys that made made a lot of um made made some good plays and were in position a lot. Um, but I thought Ivan Taylor was probably the most consistent, and uh, I think he played with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder as well. Uh, speaking of guys who made. A strong impression. Who were the guys who stood out the most to you, Charleston? Yeah, so I had the luxury of following the defensive line for the majority of camp, and um, I think we all know Gus Ritchie, Christopher Burgess Jr., uh, two 2025 uh, defensive end targets that uh, both visited for the Blue Goal game and uh, made it back down for camp, and I think uh, Notre Dame's pushing hard for them, but one guy that kind of had me sitting back like, man, wow, uh, 2026 defensive end uh, Jake Cruel uh, out of Bishop Moore, Orlando, Florida. Uh, so he actually camped uh, for the Lyman's Challenge the day before, and uh, he spent the night and got up and uh, participated in Irish Invasion. And, I mean, he was right there behind uh, Burgess and Richie uh, in the front of the line. Um, I think he's very explosive. Uh, he's only 6'2". He told me um, he's still growing, uh, but he gets out of his stance very quick, has a lot of pass rush moves that he displayed in one-on-ones, uh, very quick off the line, uh, as I said. Uh, earlier and I think um, there was a reason defensive line coach Al Washington was very animated with Cruel uh, throughout the day uh, praising him but also giving him a lot of instruction um, and I think Washington uh, kind of saw the flashes that I saw and I think he's a name uh, to know moving forward I know uh, he reports four offers uh, right now according to rivals including uh, one from UCF uh, his hometown uh, which he told me you know it was really important to him really big uh, to get that offer from his hometown uh, school. Mm -hmm. uh, I know he visited there this spring, I believe. Uh, but he said, you know, he wants to uh, keep in contact with Notre Dame. And I think uh, the coaches saw enough to kind of uh, keep them on their board. I know uh, 2026 kids do not have uh, any stars or rankings uh, by rivals mm -hmm. yet. I know that's coming soon. But um, I think Cool is a name to know uh, at defensive end. Uh, might be a linebacker if he doesn't grow. But um, I think he really stood out um, as a guy. Uh, who was kind of under the radar. And then another guy I want to touch on, uh, we've seen him uh, previously at the Cincinnati Rivals camp uh, in April, uh, 2026 cornerback A.J. Marks uh, from up uh, Farmington Hills, Michigan. Uh, he visited Notre Dame in the spring uh, for a spring practice. Um, I think he's 5'8", uh, but, I mean, he plays way bigger than that. Um, something that really catches my eye. I know everybody wants to uh, focus on the one-on-ones, and um, we mentioned that. Um, in our takeaways from the camp, he uh, came down with an interception, but um, I think he's really good at breaking down in the open field uh, against ball carriers, has really good feet, uh, really good discipline, takes really good angles, um, and that's really impressive uh, for him being so young. Um, and I think he's another name uh, to keep an eye on. I know he spent some time with quarterbacks coach Mike Mickens uh, during camp, kind of getting some solo um, individual kind of uh, coaching from him. And I think he uh, – he, he wants a Notre Dame offer. He's told me that um, he has plenty of offers right now. Uh, I believe, you know, from Michigan State uh, is one of the schools. Um, and I think uh, he's somebody who Notre Dame uh, is going to be in the mix for uh, maybe offering uh, potentially down the line. Yeah, his size is a little concerning just because he's not very big, um, but he's still only a freshman. Or, I mean, he'll be a sophomore this coming season, um, so he could still grow. Um but what you mentioned about him, um, excuse me, uh, sort of being able to break down and make tackles, I think that's especially important given his size. If he can, if he can be a guy that can do that, improve the ability to do that, 
um, that would be important that he's not sort of a liability in other aspects of the game, um, even if he's a good co- cover corner, which I think he's a pretty good cover corner. Um, I, I liked I liked what he did. He's he's just a guy that sort of sticks out. Seems to be a little bit advanced for his age. So you'd like to see uh, him to continue to develop and uh, um, stay on that trajectory. Um, going back uh, to Cruel, he mentioned his high school is Bishop Moore in Orlando, Florida. You cover Notre Dame recruiting long enough, you you start hearing names of high schools. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that school because so-and-so and so-and-so went there. Um, a lot of these same schools sort of come up. Um, and th- it could be a long b- amount of time. I've I've now covered recruiting for 11 years. Uh, but Bishop Moore is where uh, Parker Boudreaux, a former offensive lineman at Notre Dame, and defensive end Jonathan McAllister were both Bishop Moore products. So, um, neither of those guys really panned out for Notre Dame, um, didn't even finish their careers at Notre Dame, um, but certainly a school that Notre Dame is familiar with, a Catholic school down there in the Orlando area. So um, certainly a name to watch. Um, in terms of guys that impressed me, um, maybe starting with the obvious, I thought Micah Gilbert um, performed really well, a guy that, I mean, he doesn't ha- he didn't have to get out there and compete, but I think Chancey Stuckey sort of challenged him and Cam Williams to go out there and do some things, and um, he sort of lived up to it. Um, 2026 safety target Blaine Bradford was really impressive to me. Um, when you talk about, we talk about AJ Marks as a 2026 kid who has like plenty of room left to grow. Blaine Bradford looks like a grown man <laughs> and he's 6'2", 170 out of Baton Rouge, um, Catholic high school down there. Um, so I thought he was really impressive. He lived up sort of to the early hype that he has as a freshman going into his sophomore season. Um, and one guy that, doesn't have an offer yet is probably was probably the best in-state player at the camp um, and potentially the best tight end is tight end Brock Schrott a Brock shot out of Leo Indiana six foot three 215 um, tough because Notre Dame is tough at least from the Notre Dame perspective Notre Dame's in a good position with a lot of 2025 tight ends um, and is recruiting guys with better size than Brock um, but I think he has a pretty good skill set and probably is going to end up playing at a, at, a, at a high level somewhere. So we'll see if Notre Dame decides to get in the mix or prefers the other options that it has in the 2025 class. But I thought he performed well, was a good route runner, wasn't afraid to be physical, um, and, and did some nice things on Sunday. Um, we, we've highlighted a number of guys, and maybe we've, we've, maybe we've probably already answered this in discussing them, but who, if, you had to, if you had to pick one guy to offer that doesn't have an offer – from Notre Dame yet, who would be the guy that you you would pull the trigger on? Yeah, so I'd probably go with uh, Davis Andrews uh, right now. Uh, I think he's, he's really interested in Notre Dame. Um, I think um, him as a safety, I think uh, – wait, did you ask the other question? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just asking about it, from the Irish Invasion camp. If there was a guy from the Irish Invasion camp who doesn't have a Notre Dame offer, who would you, who would you pull the trigger on offering? Yeah, it's easy for me. It's cruel um, okay. right now. Uh, I think uh, he was just so impressive. And for uh, being a rising sophomore, his physical prowess um, is something to go along with his speed. And even though he's only 6'2", I think he grows into his body more. Um, and I think uh, he's Catholic. Uh, as you said, he goes to Catholic high school. He told me that's um, something that, you know, is really attractive about Notre Dame to him. Uh, so I think if I were uh, a defensive line coach out of Washington, uh, I would pull the trigger on offering him. Yeah, and I think I would go with Marks. Um, there's just something I like about him, and um, I I think he has some some special traits. Maybe I don't think he's an, as explosive as Sean Crawford was as a high schooler. Maybe he can become that, but I think he has a little bit of that in him. Um, obviously, a kid that's undersized, but can be a playmaker and make a difference um, in the secondary. So he would be a guy that. I, I would probably want to monitor how his how his his growth and development went, but um, I, I there's just something about him that would make me want to offer him. Yeah. Then could we touch on one more guy from the uh, camp? Yeah, sure. Who do you want to talk about? Yeah, Anthony Williams, 2025 linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, to me, he was probably the top linebacker in attendance. Uh, he had an offer from Notre Dame. He got this spring. Still kind of new to football. Uh, he has a really uh, big basketball background, uh, played in the AAU grassroots scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's 6'4", 205, has lineage. His father uh, played at Baylor. I think his father played against Notre Dame uh, back in the day. 
Um, and I think uh, what stuck out to me about him was his wingspan and his length uh, and how yeah. fluid he moves. Um, I think he's, you know, very uh, light on his feet. Um, he's still he's very slender build, which I think um, right. he could add weight uh, to play that linebacker position. But when I saw a little bit of the linebackers, it looked like uh, defensive coordinator Al Golden was keeping a close eye on him. And um, I think that's a relationship they want to build uh, moving forward, heading into uh, Williams's junior year, even though it's going to be tough. Uh, to pull him out of Texas and uh, that Big 12 country, uh, especially with his early offers from, you know, Baylor, Texas Tech, um, and so forth. Um, I think uh, he's a name uh, to watch uh, for Notre Dame in this next calendar year or so. Yeah, I like – I mean, I think it speaks highly to the evaluations that Notre Dame is doing to to get in on a kid from Texas before Texas to Texas A&M does. Um, because I think I think he's going to be a stud. Uh, uh, obviously, those other Texas schools have offered him, but he looks like a guy that's going to be the real deal. And now maybe Notre Dame feels the need to bet a little bit early on a guy like that because maybe Texas and Texas A&M can come in whenever they want and, and have a better position with him. Um, but I, I was really impressed with him. He, he definitely stood out. He was a guy that you didn't need to know anything about him you just say okay that guy's good who is he <laughs> um and, and sort of figure it out from there because he um and it was funny both him and Derek Meadows were wearing the number 15 so maybe like the two most physically impressive guys on both sides of the ball yesterday were wearing 15 um so that was kind of a a, a neat uh anecdote there um let's do one last call for questions so if you got questions um, please submit them now. We'll try to squeeze them in here. Um, but before we go, we are going to preview a little bit of what is next um, for Notre Dame um, on the recruiting front. Um, Notre Dame will continue to host guys this week. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Davis Andrews uh, starts his official visit with Notre Dame tomorrow on Tuesday, um, making his way from Utah. How much of a priority do you think Notre Dame should make Davis Andrews? Yeah, I jumped the gun on this one, but um, I think he is a uh, he's the top priority for me. Uh, close second is Minky Jr., but um, I have Davis Andrews near the top of my list uh, just because when I watch his film, a uh, very instinctive player, uh, plays the game very smart. Um, I know he's ranked as the number 59 athlete, but I think he's a little bit better than that, and mm -hmm. I think Notre Dame sees that, and I think, um, as you alluded, he might not join uh, in 2024. might be a couple of years down the road. Um, but I think he's a guy who you can wait on, um, especially with the positional need uh, at safety and kind of, you know, kind of handicapping it with the transfer portal these last uh, couple seasons. I think, you know, they want as many safeties as they can. And I, I think they're going to uh, going to really impress him uh, this week on his official visit. I think there's a reason why uh, he's the only safety uh, scheduled to visit this Tuesday to Thursday. I think uh, they have a really good chance with them. And uh, I think uh, he's my top priority. Uh, at the uh, position uh, moving forward. Yeah, I think I think it makes sense to make him a high priority. I think it's it's relatively low risk when you consider um, the possibility of his Mormon mission and that sort of offsetting when he would actually be a contributor for Notre Dame, um, essentially becomes a future recruit at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like what he can do on the field. I'm curious to see where he ends up in the new rankings update. I know he got out to a rivals camp. Um, and that's especially important for someone from like a kid from Utah. Who you're not going to get a lot of eyes to see in person. Um, so when he comes out to camps, it's important to get him to play against some different talent than he would see on the, on the football field in Utah um, and get in front of more eyes because of that. So uh, he's someone that I'm interested in seeing what our analysts think of uh, moving forward um, with, with what he's done in the last, last few months. All right. Um, this coming weekend, I think, Maybe Notre Dame's most important official visitor weekend when you talk about defensive end Elijah Rushing, tight end Carter Nelson, safety Oliver Miles, the third, and linebacker Bradley Shaw expected to visit. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of these guys. Charleston, how much how much do you think adding Elijah Rushing to the class would elevate what Notre Dame has going on in its 2024 class? Yeah, I think it, it would take it to the next level. I feel like um, so many Notre Dame fans kind of um, talk to us about, you know, wanting those four stars, wanting those five stars, wanting that top end talent. Um, mm -hmm. And Russian's a blue chipper. Um, I mean, he's a top 60 player, number three def defensive end, according to rivals. Uh, he's a monster on film. 
Um, so it's good to get him on campus. I know the guys uh, like CJ Carr, Cam Williams have been pushing uh, for him to kind of join the class. Um, so I think getting him on campus is very important. Uh, but him being out in Arizona, uh, if you look at kind of his visit history, he's been visiting uh, U of A since uh, 2021. Um, and he took his official there last weekend, I believe. Um, and I just think they, they've made him a priority. Um, and I think he's going out uh, to different schools to kind of get a feel, um, kind of get a sense of, uh, you know, other schools and what their plans are for him. I, I, I think Notre Dame has, you know, really good plans for him if he were to join the class at uh, the Viper position. I mean, him and Logan Thomas in the same class, that, that's something uh, that yeah. Notre Dame fans uh, would love and just throw out there Justin Scott, possibly in addition to that. <laughs> um, but um, I think right now uh, Notre Dame's trailing uh, behind Arizona. Um, but I think getting him on campus, like I said, it, it's crucial. And uh, to have the entire weekend with uh, Coach Washington and uh, Coach Freeman able to kind of sell uh, that four for 40 that a lot of these recruits talk about. Um, and then kind of that uh, development, seeing Isaiah Foskey just get drafted in the second round. Um, I think that's a selling point that uh, they can sell to rushing. Yeah, he's long been someone that Notre Dame likes. Um, it's been hard to get him on campus, I think, as much as Notre Dame would like to have him on campus. Uh, but he certainly is talented. I mean, he's he's not as good as Keon Keeley, but he has uh, some sort of similarities to Keon Keeley in terms of his traits. Um and obviously, Notre Dame, that was a tough loss for Notre Dame in the previous recruiting cycle. So if it could replace Keon Keeley a, a year later with someone like Elijah Rushing, that would be a heck of a, an accomplishment and, and a makeup for, for losing out on Keon Keeley, who you, who you liked quite a bit. I think Elijah Rushing has a chance to eventually be a five-star recruit. That'll be a, an interesting sort of rating to sort of keep an eye on moving forward. I certainly – um, Notre Dame fans would like to keep an eye on it because that would mean that they're still in the running for them. Uh, so that's a very important visit. You can never have too many pass rushers. Um, so to be able to get him and Logan Thomas in the same class would be quite the, quite the coup. And, um, if, if, um, Notre Dame can get Justin Scott in that class, that would be a really, really impressive defensive line class and a, and a good recovery from what Notre Dame did last cycle, which was a little bit more underwhelming and some guys that could be good long-term, but aren't, aren't sort of these wow um, athletes or prospects. And I think um, Notre Dame could, could line up those guys in a dream scenario and it's June. This is the time to dream. Keep, keep, keep taking your shot. Notre Dame can sort of swing for the fences knowing that it already has Logan Thomas in the class. Um, so I think that is a good position for Notre Dame and uh, Notre Dame hopes to really, impress Elijah rushing and what a perfect last name for someone who is a, a pass rusher, right? He, he either had it to be a, a defensive end or a running back. So uh, I think defensive end is going to work out just fine for him. Uh, Carter Nelson is someone else that is interesting to me. Do you think Notre Dame needs to add a second tight end to go along with Jack Larson in this class? I don't think it's a need necessarily, um, but I think it would be, um, something ideal for the class uh, to give kind of them uh, to kind of give the class some depth uh, to go along with Larson. Um, I think at this point, Nebraska is probably the leader. Um, I saw Nelson tweeted something today about Georgia. I know he has that official visit scheduled. Um, so I think, you know, Georgia is a serious contender, contender uh, as well, but getting him on campus um, and kind of selling him. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy for tight ends, especially when we get late in this process um, about, you know, the history at Notre Dame. Uh, the tight end you label that's uh, been attached to them. Um, and I think him and Larson can coexist if they were to both be in the class. Um, I think Jared Parker has plans uh, for, uh, you know, any tight end to succeed in his system. And um, I think uh, it's not necessarily a need, uh, but it's definitely something that Notre Dame would like, um, especially to kind of have that insurance um, in case, uh, you know, something down the line uh, in terms of transfer portal or, um, anything of that nature uh, goes in uh, the wrong direction. Yeah, and I think that video that Carter tweeted, Carter Nelson tweeted, was from his official visit at Georgia this past week. And so Notre Dame's following up Georgia. Um, and Georgia's actually got a commitment from Jaden Riddell, the other tight end that Notre Dame was was interested in. And so Carter Nelson's sort of, at this point, the last man standing at tight end in terms of on the wish list for Notre Dame to add to Jack Larson. I think it would be a good idea 
um, to add him, sort of given the injury history that Notre Dame has at his tight end position. He only signed one tight end last class in Cooper Flanagan. Um, and so to follow that up with two tight ends in this class makes a lot of sense to me, um, even though there's probably a pretty good chance Notre Dame could get two tight ends in the 2025 class as well. But I think getting getting those guys in here makes a lot of sense. I, I It's not a position that you need to reach for because in the next class, you should always be able to get talented tight ends. Uh, if you're not getting talented tight ends at, at Notre Dame, someone needs to lose their job. <laughs> That's That is a position that should recruit itself um, as long as you continue to throw the ball to the tight ends. Um, and put them in the NFL draft uh, regularly. Um, there should be plenty of guys that want to play tight end at Notre Dame. And so um, if they don't get Carter Nelson, I don't know that you double back on anyone unless you find someone that maybe was thinking about Notre Dame earlier on that you liked a, bu- a bunch and um, didn't really pull the trigger on. But um, I think Carter Nelson would be, like you. I think you said ideal was the word you used. I think he would be an ideal sort of finish to that tight end class for Notre Dame. Uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, Oliver Miles, is someone we discussed a little bit. And we talked about safeties. How, where, and I think you may have even already given this answer up. Uh, where, where exactly do you sort of slate Oliver Miles on, on the wish list among Notre Dame's remaining t- safety targets? Yeah, I probably have him fourth right now. Um, I probably have uh, Bronte Johnson at uh, one, uh, Davis Andrews at two, uh, Mickey Jr. Uh, at three and then miles at fourth. Uh, but mm-hmm. like you said, with Andrew's uh, mission trip and uh, kind of the rapid interest uh, in Bro- Bronte, um, I think miles has a spot possibly um, if they decide to um, take the number of safeties that, you know, we expect them to. And um, even if Mickey Jr. Um, likes a Stanford, uh, Stanford visit or uh, really enjoys his Duke visit. I know he told me academics are big um, and it's not like Notre Dame uh, isn't, but, uh, if things go sideways with Mickey Jr. after uh, this last weekend, I think Miles takes that place. But uh, right now, uh, I'd have him uh, slotted in at fourth. How about you? Yeah, I think I think I'm of this of a similar mind to you. I think Mickey could have opened the door for Miles and maybe um, missed an opportunity to sort of fill that spot in Notre Dame's class because I think there's a lot of interest from Oliver Miles. I do think there is some concern about the ability to pull him out of Texas, but. I know Notre Dame's coaching staff likes him a lot, um, particularly um, with his ability and his uh, a- athleticism. Um, and so Notre Dame's Notre Dame's got some interesting offers. Like if you just look at their profiles, you're like, what is Notre Dame doing at safety? But I think if you watch the film, you see guys that have potential and you can sort of see what Notre Dame sees in them. I think it's, it's still obvious that Notre Dame is sort of doubled back on a lot of plan B or C guys. These aren't necessarily the guys that Notre Dame was started the recruiting cycle going after, unless you're talking about Bronte Johnson. Um, so, but I do think Oliver Miles probably slates in there around third or fourth in terms of the guys remaining. Um, I do like Malcolm Ziegler and Jalen McClain. I think they're probably harder pulls um, for Notre Dame, um, but we'll see what that looks like as the month moves forward and Notre Dame gets more of these safeties on campus and how things continue to play out. All right, that's it for this week's football never sleeps. How how was how would you rate your debut, Charleston? I liked it. Uh, I really enjoyed it, even though I got ahead of myself with Davis Andrews. Um, <laughs> you just love him so much, you wanted to talk about him. <laughs> yeah, it's been on my mind ever since he tweeted that graphic this morning of his official <laughs> visit. Um, but I do have one more uh, recruiting note to add. Sure, uh, go ahead. 20, yeah, 2025 uh, four-star tied in out of Oklahoma. Uh, Nate Roberts. I know Tyler said that a lot of guys um, in that 2025 class that Notre Dame's looking at it tied in. Um, he's he's six four. Um, he released his top 12 today, and that included Notre Dame. Uh, he visited uh, for spring practice back in April, um, and he told uh, Inside ND Sports that you know he really lo- he loved his visit. Uh, it was his first time on campus, um, and uh, Notre Dame joins uh, Georgia, Oregon, Baylor, Clemson. Miami, Penn State, Michigan, Auburn, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Wisconsin. Um, I think uh, Oklahoma is going to be a real serious contender. Uh, I know his older brother plays at Baylor, uh, so he has a connection there. Uh, But expect Roberts to get up uh, to Notre Dame sometime this summer uh, because he he told us back in April that uh, he's really excited to get back up. And um, he's one of the many names in uh, 2025 class to monitor at tight end, but uh, I think he could uh, shut down things soon before his junior season, possibly not really sure, but uh, I think Notre Dame 
is definitely uh, in play for him, if not the leader. All right. Thanks for that, Charleston. And I say let's try to run this back next week. And we'll probably have plenty more recruiting news to cover. And so I think uh, people, I think that's what people want to talk about right now. We want to learn about. Um, so we'll try to get to figure out a time next week. Uh, it's, it's kind of wild to figure out the windows of time. It, it sort of depends on the news that's being presented to us, but um, we'll, we'll try to work in another football never sleeps next week. Um, but if you don't want to wait until then to hear what's going on for Notre Dame, with Notre Dame recruiting, um, you should definitely check out our free trial subscriptions that we, that are available to new users on Inside Indie Sports on Rivals. If you sign up by next Monday, June 12th, you can get a free trial that lasts until August 1st when Notre Dame's preseason camp will be underway. So um, you got plenty of time to think about it, um, but it doesn't cost you anything. You just got to sign up. Um, you can find the link to sign up in the video description below. Make sure you use the promo code NDVisit. Um, and like we mentioned at the top of the show, please subscribe to us here on YouTube as well. That's always free. Turn on your notifications um, so you get to uh, heads up on when we'll be live next. Um, and then, like I mentioned, we'll, I'll, ha I'll have a, a highlight package from some of the Irish Invasion guys of the skill positions that I was focusing on um, on Sunday. And uh, like and comment and hope you – Enjoy the rest of the week, but stick with us on InsideNDSports.com because we have plenty of news upcoming and plenty of insight that we want to share with you that I think you'll be pleased about. Have a good evening. See you guys.